about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about game books and interviewing podcaster and author Travis McElroy. But first, what are you reading, Bria? Do you know I joined a book club? Yes, the Losers Book Club. I joined this Losers Book Club. Run by our friend, Chelsea Peters. Yeah. Uh, one bad bitch. <laughs> um, and so every month we read a Stephen King book. Mm-hmm. And then the other month we read, like every other month, we read a horror book. Yes. You should join this book club, except that you've read all these Stephen King books already. That's, nobody invited me to join this book club. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know why. I, I think I can I think maybe you. because I... I've asked, I asked like three or four people to join it. I think it's because I... I read too much, I think. And people are like, don't invite her. She's just going to come in and read all the books. <laughs> she's just going to take your book out of your hand and read it before you get it back. <laughs> I steal that book. I think that's why I wasn't invited. <laughs> um, I've never read much Stephen King, so this Which has been is interesting, interesting to me. me. Yeah, you guys just did It. So No, we're doing It right now. Oh, okay. So we divided it in two, It by Stephen King, uh, in two. It's a, it's a big, hefty Actually, book. Actually, I think we divided it into like, well, yeah, no, I think in two. So I just finished the first half. Of it. Scary as fuck. It's so fucking scary. It's scary and it's really well written. I so I haven't read Stephen King since like high school. So there's oh, been yeah. this interesting thing where when I'm reading it, I'm like, he's such a good writer, which I'm like, obviously, because Stephen King, everyone knows. But then at the same time, it's Stephen King. You know what I mean? Like it is yeah. really well written. Like you, there's these little side characters where you're just like, wow, I know I would read the spinoff of the guy who works at the bar. Like, I'm curious about that guy now, but you never meet that guy ever again. Yeah, Stephen King's strength is characterizing everything. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you are so invested in people, even if you don't like them. Yeah, the abusive husband, you're like, well, now I know your whole backstory, so, like, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. I I mean, I don't approve your abuse. I think it's an incredible empathy that he has, and just, like... There was one scene, Alan reads a lot of Stephen King, and his goal, one of his weird reading goals for the year is to read every Stephen King book that he hasn't read. Oh, cool. Which is like, you know, Stephen King's written like 5,000 books. And um, there was one scene where it's just like one scene where you meet the postman who is like walking to the door to drop off a letter, and you just, that's the only scene you get. But in that walk to the door to drop off a letter, like, you know all about him. And Alan was like, I want to read about this postman, but you only see him for you two only pages. See, you only know. You only get to meet him for a little bit. Yeah, it's been great. I really enjoyed it. Um, I... Like that I'm reading it, but I will say like for the next like three episodes, if when you're like, what are you reading? Just know I'm also reading it because it is very time consuming. We will be reading it for the rest of the year. The rest of the year. So come December, I will have finished it. Uh, No, I just like literally the other day I was like, oh crap, I have to read like 200 pages today before the book club tomorrow. So anyway, it's been super fun. Um, What are you reading? I am reading a book called Girls on Fire by Robin Wasserman. I've gotten this from the library and then like never got to it. It's so fucking good. Is it great? Well, I will say to say how good it is, I just started it. I'm like three chapters in. It has both a Kelly Link blurb and a Megan Abbott blurb. Oh, there. That's wow, like it's the really, white, that's really hot center of my wheelhouse. I, I, like I've been wanting to read this book for a while, but it's another one of those books of like how terrifying teenage girls are and there's like one girl there's like two best friends and one of them's a bad influence and one of them is sort of a follower and just it starts off with there's a cla- um uh one of the kids in their school dies and it's, it's like all about female friendship and violence and love and it's super intense and the writing is insanely good do you ever just like start reading something and it's like slipping into a tub and you're like oh this is so just like good like a tub of warm jello yeah. just like something <laughs> Okay, maybe not. Maybe just regular. Maybe, maybe regular tub. Maybe like you could do like whipped cream. I feel like would be better than okay. Jello. But that's cold. Hot cream. 
Hot okay, cream. You know what? Let's just do water. It's just milk, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Hot cream. Let's <laughs> just do water. Okay, water. But it's more water. It's super good, and I love it so far. So that's uh, Girls on Fire by Robin Wasserman and it by Stephen King. So we're going to take a moment to answer a recommendation request from Shoshana. Uh, They write in, my boyfriend Kaylin and I are leaving for Ireland in October this year. Congratulations. I'm very jealous. Uh, I'm very excited to use the plane time, 14 hours, to catch up on some reading and podcasts. My boyfriend has told me that he wants to bring a book as well, but he's a hard time finishing books. He's tried Still Life with Woodpecker by Tom Robbins, and he read half the book in one day, but never, never picked it up after that. He's expressed a desire to read, but somehow can't finish a book. He loved the Harry Potter series and loves magical, fantastical settings like that. Do you have any suggestions to keep him entertained on the way to Dublin? Um, so the best creep, you know, is Ireland, so I'm going to suggest something Irish. And the best creepy Irish book I read, I think it was this year. I think I read that this year. It was called The Good People by Hannah Kent. You read that too, right? No. Oh. Should I? Um, I thought, yeah, you'd love it. It's a changeling kind of story set in a small town in Ireland in the mid-1800s. So Ooh. very creepy. Maybe a really fun thing to read maybe in um, Ireland, especially if you're going to like some small Irish towns and like you're overing over, going some over some moors. Aren't there moors there? That's English. Okay. Uh, what do they have in Ireland? Hills, hills, and hills. hills uh, and it's it, it's a it's a really creepy book set in like real small town, like where there's oh, crazy things happening with the kids and stuff. Um, but fourteen hour plane ride, you gotta read a you gotta read a space book. Yep, and he, I, that's going to be always going to be because it like gives you the feeling of being in space. You're truly in space. I feel like it's like when we did the episode on horse books where you were you're like pretending you're in the car and you're riding a horse. I feel yes. like you're looking out the window of the plane, going, "Yeah, I'm in a spaceship." Yeah, like it gives you you can read a nice space book while you're on these fourteen hour plane rides. It's always my go to where I look through my list when I'm going on a real long plane ride and go, "Okay, I'm going to pull out these three space books and see which one." Which one works for me? My recommendation, which I feel like I've recommended a lot on the show, maybe time to we retire it. But well, this could be the last time. All right, John Scalzi's Collapsing Empire because I think it's really good. Love John, you can re- you can dive in. It's a lot of cool world building. Um, I really wanted to do like a magical book because he likes Harry Potter, and I wanted to set you know space, what? But I couldn't think I'm of just a good gonna one. say this right now. Everybody fucking likes Harry Potter. Okay, I guess that's true. Then like maybe Everybody we need to retire Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. The problem is there is no other Harry Potter. No, there's no Harry Potter. There's no equivalent. Nope. Okay, so I'm gonna res- I'm gonna say Collapsing Empire, not like Harry Potter at all, but it does. It is good okay. world building, which I feel like Harry Potter does well. Yes. It's very accessible. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard. It's hard sci-fi, but it's not that hard. I wouldn't call it like straight up hard sci-fi. Like over medium. <laughs> I like my sci-fi over medium with a side of toast, please. Yes, there you go. What do you suggest for? Uh, I gotta say, I love how often we get requests from pe- people trying to help their significant others get into a book. I love this. I feel like we should start a show. It's like Queer Eye, but for books, and it's me and you, and like people bring their significant others, and they're like, I want my significant other to read, and they like reading, but they don't know where to go, and me and Bria are like, we're here to help you. And then we take them to like cute places like like the library, and we take them to like cute bookstores, and we're like, this is a bookstore, and they're like, I thought bookstores were old and stodgy, and we're like, no, look at this cool hip bookstore. It's book like a store. reading rainbow montage. Yeah, 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 and then they leave, and they have like... They have a ton of books in their hand, and also we've put a hat on them. Yes. Book Eye for Your Guy <laughs> by Mallory and Bria. Um, my recommendation for this uh, is a really good mystery, and I love reading mysteries on planes because they're so compelling, and they will distract you from those uncomfortable seats. Like, for me, when I'm on a plane, I have a really hard time sitting I'm just like I don't like sitting in chairs. If you ever watch me work, I have to sit in like I have to sit like with my legs cro- like I yeah, legs crossed. Yeah, I sit like that on the plane though because I'm the, real tiny. Oh yeah, I'm very little, so I can sit with my legs crossed. I can on only plane. do that if I, if I'm sitting next to Alan because then I can take some, over some of his like 
seat room. But I, I can't. I'm sure I'm annoying because I do put my feet up on the seat. But, I do the same thing. But you know, I I feel like yeah. we're all miserable on planes. Yeah, we're all unhappy. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. So I I need something that will keep me distracted. So I like reading something a mist like a super fucking compelling mystery. Uh, so I have two books. Um, as with all my recommendations, one is weird and one is really weird. So you can choose your <laughs> level here. Uh, but the first one is Irish and by my favorite Irish mystery author, Tana French. I talk about her on the show a lot. She's fucking amazing, and it takes place uh the in Dublin. Oh, the, cool. All of most of her books. Uh, it's called the like Dublin Murder Squad. Oh, so cool. it's all different detectives in the Dublin like murder detectives in the like Dublin Police Force. Uh, so it's really cool. It, like murder detectives. Murder detectives. <laughs> so the, it, like it takes place both in a small town in Ireland, but also in Dublin. So it gives you cool like cool Irish feeling. Um, it's my favorite book from her. It's very creepy. It's very engaging. Right off the bat, you like want to know what happens. Uh, the second one is not Irish, but it's also compelling and also very weird. It's called Kill the Next One by Frederico Exat, uh, translated by David Fry. And I love this book so much, I could not put it down. It is very strange. It's very surreal. It's one of the closest things I've ever read to, like, it's the very, I only have, like, two recommendations for people who want to, if they're like, I really love David Lynch, and I want to read a book that gives me that weird, surreal feeling. This is one of them. This is your even weirder. Yes. This is this is more weird. Yes. Okay. And it's basically this guy, he um, is trigger warnings for suicide. So skip for, skip ahead like 30 seconds. Uh, but there's a guy who is ready. He has, um, he's sick. He has cancer. He's ready to uh, kill himself. And as he's getting ready, like his, he made sure he did it on a weekend where his family was gone. He's like, clean the house. He's sitting in his office. He's ready to go. And he gets a knock on the door. And some guy's like, hey, I know that you're about to kill yourself right now. Before you do that, why don't you murder this bad man, take him down, and then you can, then somebody else will kill you. So you won't have killed yourself. He'll save you your the pain of suicide for your family. And you will have taken taken like this bad man out. So he's kind of like, okay but surprise it's not exactly what it seems that's a crazy premise it's so crazy and it's so compelling i'm gonna read that you should you would love it this is so creepy so that's um in the woods by tana french and kill the next one by frederico exat and translated by david fry uh, so you can email us your recommendation request at reading podcast at gmail.com and before we talk about game books we're gonna take a quick break It's new promo time, James. Ooh, what you got, Aneke? How about this? You need more black friends, Minority Corner, every Friday. Uh, okay. But, girl, that doesn't say anything about how we're a podcast that talks about queer issues, race, politics, and pop culture. Now it does, because I've already hit record. Oh, girl, you so sneaky. You be Linda tripping me. Minority Corner. Learn, laugh, and play. All from a perspective that's black, queer, and ladylike. Because nobody puts minorities in the corner. Every Friday. <laughs> This week, it's all about game tie-in books. We're getting nerdy today, folks. Dungeons & Dragons, Halo, World of Warcraft, Arkham Horror, Magic the Gathering, you name it. Board games, video games, card games. Many popular game companies, no matter what kind of game they are, release fiction to go along with their games. These are called tie-in books. Tie-in work is basically anything that is based on a certain media property. You can have tie-in books for movies, 
you know, what like any type of media with another form of media. And a, a novelization is when the story of a media property gets turned into a novel. But tie-in stuff can be a little looser and even be like spin-off stuff that isn't in the original property. Okay, and we're talking specifically game tie-in today. That's yes. what we're talking about. Sorry, everyone, about this loud dog. Uh, so let's talk. Te- let's talk the top sellers. The top-rated tie-in book on Goodreads is Mass Effect Revelation, and that's the first one in the Mass Effect spin-off series. Okay, readers. I know some of you are like, what's a video game? How do I read it? Like this, I know this is complicated. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of a background. Do you play Mass Effect? No. Okay. But I do game. People would be very surprised. I do. I know. You, yeah, you talk about I it dabble. sometimes. You dabble. I used to dabble more. I don't dabble much anymore. I used to be a hardcore gamer, actually. I used to be, I will, I'm going to just say this. I'm going to admit it. I used to be a World of Warcraft person. Yeah, sure. I, I swung both ways for Nothing, the Horde uh, and for the Alliance. shocks me at all. Yeah, I mean, you- <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at you right now. <laughs> but I had to quit when I got into college because I didn't, I'm the kind of person who's like, cool, I'm just going to play this game for 16 hours straight. And I knew that it was either GPA or leveling <laughs> up my 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 heel, uh, my resto spec druid. So, all right, well. Chose my GPA. So Mass Effect is the top tie-in book on Goodreads. Mass Effect is, the game itself, is a third-person shooter game. That means you can, like, see the little person on the screen, right? That's third-person shooter. Yes. Um, the entire game revolves around saving a galaxy from these robot mechanical beings called Reapers. And um, agents and the Reaper agents that are trying to, like, trigger this galaxy takeover. And the book that is about this game actually came out in the same year that the game came out. The tie-in oh, book, 2007. And the book is about the same universe, is in the same universe, but it's about a guy, David Anderson, who is trying to figure out who attacked this certain post. And basically, the, just to give you a sense of what these game tie-ins are, it's it's just a deeper dive into part of the lore of Mass Effect, right? Yeah. So if you love Mass Effect and you're like, I really would like a spin-off story of Mass Effect. You, you want know, some more fucking Mass this Effect. Is, this is what you do. If you love a game, th- this is what you go and read these books. So it's really designed for people who already have some knowledge of the world, I don't know if you can go into them randomly, but we could talk about it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, it depends on the book, I think. Yeah. It's, so basically, you finish a game, or you are playing a game, and you just want more of that story, or you're so hardcore into it that you just you know can't get enough. These are the books for you. Yeah. Uh, I love tie-in books, especially for horror board games. Uh, oh. I really love horror board games. I know. It's such a surprise that I would love board games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's a really cool different uh, different way to experience the story. I think when you're playing a game, uh, you're experiencing the story in one way, um, especially if it's board games or it's an uh, you know an MMO where you're experiencing it with a bunch of other people and you're actively engaging in it. It's really exciting, but you might miss some of the nuances of the story, which is a bummer if the story is really well written and you feel like you maybe aren't appreciating the plot as much because you're trying not to get shot. So, right. Or you're trying to kill some monsters. Uh, but if there's a tie-in book, you get to experience that story more fully and get more focused on it instead of worrying about whether or not your friend is going to die or if you're able to get the shotgun in the next round. Right. Oh, interesting. Bria, oh, interesting. do you ever read these? No. And I because I don't play many video games. That's true. I mean, I played two dots. I don't know what that is. That's a game you play on your phone where you connect these dots and then they just two dots. That's a it very short with, game. It truly starts with two dots, but then you start making squares at some point. Maybe there's a book out there about the dots. Yeah, what are, what are those dots doing when they're not making squares? That's my question. Because I'm, I'm on level Inquiring like 400 or something of two dots. Want to know. <laughs> while, while I'm editing our podcast, I'm playing two dots the entire time. Or, and I play it on planes as well. Um, so I'm just curious about what those dots are doing outside of their world. But no, I don't really read these. Because I don't... 
I I get it. I have gotten into certain games, but then I leave them and then I'm done. I don't I don't usually. It's like I'll get into one every like five years, and then it's like and then I'm done with that. Yeah. And that for the next five years. Um, I think so. The most important name on a tie-in book is the franchise. So it's you're not gonna. It's not gonna be a like what the author's name isn't going to be right. The thing that brings you in. Yes. Yeah. You're not like you're not like. But what is uh, Neil Gaiman's take on you know exactly Warcraft? You want the Warcraft thing. So the author's name isn't always listed, but sometimes really famous authors do tie-in work, or authors start doing tie-in work and become really famous. There's a lot of fantasy authors. Uh, Jim C. Hines wrote a fable book. Greg Bear wrote a Halo book. Uh, Jason Howe and Casey Alexander wrote a, wrote a Mass Effect book. My most exciting story about this is that one of the games I always love to play and have played for a long time is Arkham Horror, which is a um, oh yeah, uh, horror board game. And my first professional prose writing gig that wasn't like a screenplay, like prose, uh, was to work on a bunch of short stories for the Art of Arkham Horror tie-in book. Ah. I even got to write the story for my favorite character that I've always played. Uh, and because it's a tie-in book, you only see my name on like the inside front cover. Uh, and my stories aren't marked, but there's like nine of them in there. If you own this book and can guess one of my stories, I will send you a prize. Uh, also, so we've we've had a few people write in for recommendation requests of like gamers in their life. These are great books to give as gifts yeah, to the gamer in your true. life. It's so true. Remember that recommendation we had? Actually, a listener wrote in to tell us this that like if you're you're trying to find a gift for someone who loves Magic the Gathering, get them some Magic the Gathering books. Oh, interesting. We didn't yeah. think of that. No, no. But now here we are doing. Here an we are. You could get that Magic the Gathering book. Yes. So you can send your thoughts on game books to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com. And before we talk, talk to Travis McElroy about his new book, uh, The Adventure Zone, we're going to take a quick break. Hi there. I'm film critic April Wolf and host of the Maximum Fun podcast, Switchblade Sisters. Do you love genre films? Do you love female filmmakers? Do you love discussions on craft? If your answer is yes, you'll love Switchblade Sisters. Every episode, I invite one female filmmaker on, and we talk in-depth about their fave genre film and how it influenced their own work. So we're talking horror, action, sci-fi, fantasy, bizarro, and exploitation cinema. Mothers, lock up your sons, because the Switchblade Sisters are coming for you. Available at MaximumFun.org or wherever you find your podcasts. So now we're here with Travis McElroy, uh, podcaster and graphic novelist. Thanks for coming on the show, Travis. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Oh, yay. So we love to ask people, what are you reading right now? Uh, I am currently, I mean, listening to you. I don't know if that counts. We can get more into this later. Okay, <laughs> sick. Um, Children of Blood and Bone by Tommy Adeyemi. I've heard that's amazing. It's so good. Um, it's, yeah, if, if there's so many, like, I think I was on a panel with her at San Diego Comic-Con and she described it as like Black Panther, but with magic. And I was like, okay, uh, you got it. And it's, it's, there's so many things about it to love. It's, you know, teens, young people who come into their powers to try to fight evil and it also does this thing that i am incredibly impressed by whenever an author can actually pull off which is to switch between point of view chapter by chapter of different characters and have each point of view feel unique 
and like specific to that person instead of just feeling like the same, but with three different people. And it's so good. Highly recommend. So speaking of magic, do you uh-huh. want to talk about your new graphic novel, The Adventure Zone? Sure. Um, so it's so my brothers and my dad and I have a podcast here on Maximum Fun called The Adventure Zone. Um, and it is, I guess it's kind of like an actual play podcast because we do like play role-playing games, but uh we're not very good at them. So it becomes more of like storytelling and yeah, mostly mostly just like fucking around and joking. Um, and so we've done a couple different arcs now. And the first one that we started with is called the balance arc. Um, and the balance arc contained seven chapters and each chapter contained multiple episodes. Um, and so we just put out a graphic novel of the first chapter of the balance arc titled here, there be Gerblins. Um, and it is, I, I think if I do say so myself, very good. Um, we are very proud of it. Uh, the arts in the book is by Carrie peach and it is amazing. And my dad was the main adapter of it. And me and Justin and Griffin all had hands in kind of crafting our characters, specific dialogue and interactions and stuff. Um, yeah, so it's out now. You can get it at uh, theadventurezonecomic.com or at your local booksellers. Amazing. So- and it's, listen, it's funny and you don't need to know anything about Dungeons and Dragons to, to understand it or like it. Um, it's very goofy, but it's also very beautiful at points, and I'm very proud of it. I would say it is a comedy. I would say it's a PG-13 comedy, Um, but, like, I I got asked by somebody, like, so are you telling me people who don't know anything about D&D wouldn't like it? Absolutely not, because we don't know anything about (laughs) D&D. So I think everyone will enjoy it. Well, I'm sold. Yeah. Congratulations. Yay. Thank you. Very, very well, and as it should. So, Travis, when you were a kid, did you ever read, speaking of D&D, did you ever read any Dungeons and Dragons novels or any, like, fantasy game tie-in books? Okay, so here's, like, the horrible admittance, right? Because this is a thing that, like, the whole world has turned upside down since I was a kid. To say this next sentence, I hate to admit that I didn't read any Dungeons and Dragons or even play Dungeons and Dragons when I was a kid. (laughs) I feel... I would... (laughs) I know. I just wish I was cool enough to have played Dungeons and Dragons when I was a kid, but I didn't because when I was a kid, I'm like, I'll get to the nerdy stuff I did read here in a second. But like, for whatever reason, I considered it a bridge too far. And like, when I was a kid, I like watched every episode of Star Trek and like, I read the Xanth series by Piers Anthony and like, I like read Animorphs and played with, you know, uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Like I did everything that I think is nerdy, but for whatever reason, Dungeons and Dragons seemed like, well, but I'm not that nerdy. Um, Yeah. And it wasn't until I was, I think in my like twenties and started listening to actual play podcasts and I was like, oh, this actually just sounds like fun. This isn't like I was picturing, you know, graph paper and math. And then like w- w- listening to those podcasts, I was like, oh, OK. It's just like playing and having fun and like making up stories with friends. I do that now. Me and my brothers did that when we were kids. OK, cool. And so like I'm, I'm kicking myself that it took me so long to get to RPGs 
uh, yeah, but when I was a kid, like I read a ton of fantasy and a ton of like sci-fi and stuff. Um, but I just never read any D and D books. Well, tell us about the fantasy and, and sci-fi stuff. Did you, that you read and that got you inspired in that, in that world? Um, so there was a book series called, uh, oh, what was the actual, see, it, the first book was Midshipman's Hope, uh, and, and it was, the, uh, the Seifert Saga, I think was the name of the book, but it, uh, was about this guy who named Nicholas Seifert, and he was, like, in the Space Navy, um, and it's hard to explain why I loved it so much unless you've read it, but, like, because everything you could describe about it makes it sound like kind of swashbuckling space adventure. But what I loved about it is it was all from first person point of view. And it was all very much about the fact that this character Seifert had like zero confidence or faith in himself, even though he is very good at his job and a very good person. And like everybody respects him, but like, he sees himself as a failure and he sees himself as inadequate. And that's what kind of pushes him to work harder and harder and harder. And like, it's very grounded and very real in the character. Um, and there's a whole series of it and it follows him basically from like 18 to like his eighties. Um, and I found it very inspiring when I was a kid to read because it's all about like, keeping your oath and what integrity means and like what it means to like have responsibility and all these things. So I loved that. Uh, I read a lot of Stephen King when I was a kid. Uh, I read the talisman when I was 12 years old. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it was a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> um, I tried to listen to it again now as an adult and I can't. Because now and as an adult, I'm too scared for the young protagonist. Yeah, he's and like in that book. Yeah. And as a kid, I was just like, yeah, an adventure with this kid. And now as an adult, I'm like, get out of there. <laughs> um, and it's too scary for me. I can't read it now. Um, but also Stephen King wrote a fantasy novel called Eyes of the Dragon. Hmm. Um, which like take takes place in a like medieval magical kingdom with like dragons and wizards and stuff. And it's so incredibly good. Um, I love it very much. And the audiobook is voiced by Bronson Pinchot and it's amazing. Wow. Yeah, it's so good. Um, yeah, so like there's just a lot of that. Pierce Anthony wrote both like sci-fi and fantasy. Um, and so like I I read that. Like, there's a lot. There's, I, I loved, um, I, I read a lot more when I was a kid as far as like sci fi and fantasy goes. Now I'm mostly into like memoirs and biographies and kind of very comical nonfiction. Um, is kind of my, my thing now. I like to learn stuff in my reading. Um, I just I just uh finished listening to all of Sarah Vowell's books. Oh wow. Um and like love the I consumed all of those in about a month. Wow. Um just cuz I couldn't stop listening. Um So yeah. So, There's that. I think I jumped ahead, but No, no, no. 
we want to hear all about your uh, awesome reading adventures. So, and well, now speaking of adventures, now that you are a D and D player, now that you are in the role playing world, is there a game or a campaign that you'd love to read a book about, or maybe a DM that you wish would write a book? Um, yeah, so a couple. Um, one, and he might have already, but Matthew Mercer, I want him to write a book because. Uh, so he does these these campfire chats that I really love because or fireside chats rather um, because he just kind of talks about like and answers questions about like his thoughts on uh, how he creates characters and writes his campaigns. He does critical role on Geek and Sundry and he has th such a like amazing thought process when it comes to like creating characters and stories and interacting. It's really amazing. Um I also uh, just uh, had the pleasure of meeting and working with Erica Ishii, uh, who also does Geek and Sundry stuff. I want her to write something. Uh, Victoria Rogers, who is the DM on a podcast called Broadswords. Um, she has an amazing writing style and uh, an amazing, like, quote unquote, voice when it comes to writing. Um, I want her to write. But basically, anyone who has ever DM'd a game to any kind of success, I want them to write a book because I think it's so, they're so closely tied. Um, that was the amazing thing, right? I realize now what we were doing, and I don't think we realized it at the time was like, a, it was like a writer's room. And so like when it came time to adapt the books, we, we just like had already written a thing, right? So we just recorded the writer's room and edited it. So it sounded more coherent. And so like, I think about that a lot more of like, if you can do that, then you and your team should like write a book out of your thing. Right. And I like, I'd never had writing partners before. And I didn't realize that when doing the adventure zone, basically I had writing partners with Justin and Griffin and dad. And that's kind of how that all worked out. So like, you should write something. If you DM, you should try writing something. The creativity that comes out of D&D &D is like always amazing to me. I mean, that's the thing is like the, what's what I love about RPGs and D&D &D and any kind of game like that is what it does is like puts you in a headspace where you don't realize you're being creative and writing a story, right? Because it, it gives so for example when you're creating a character it gives you like this worksheet you know these these like checklists to do and that's just the structure and it's everything you put on top of that that is writing the story right but it gets you out of your head and kind of helps skip over writer's blocks because there's so many little pieces to pull from and like things to use and tools to utilize that you don't even think about the fact that you're writing a story. And so, and also I think it, it, like I have an actor background. It also, because you're speaking in first person as the character and playing the character, it lets you think about it and kind of relate to it in a very real way, which makes it a lot easier to write a real character who's, who behaves the way that they really would because you have to do it. You know what I mean? And so like, there's not so much like, why would that character do that? Like, why well, I can tell you exactly why that character would do it. Cause I had to make that decision. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, you spoke, you talked a little bit about what you like to read now. Mm -hmm. um, are there any, are there any books that you like to give to people? I, 
uh, I I like to give people books of like riddles and problem solving stuff. Yeah, like it's not the most fun. Mostly, what I like to do is I like to make recommendations. I mean, more like if I'm gifting, um, then it's like puzzle books and things I think people wouldn't think of getting themselves of like expand your mind. Um, but when it comes to like telling someone like you have to read this book it's mostly like some anytime somebody takes a form or format or like breaks a trope or um there's some kind of like it's this kind of story but kind of thing like that's that's when it kind of blows my mind so for example there's a book called dreadnought um and it's about uh, a, a young trans person who becomes a superhero and it's very well written, but it's also written in this point of view that's like present tense first person that is so rare. And like, in fact, I can't think of another book that springs to mind that I've heard it written from that point of view. And like, that is so amazing to me. Like, and listening to it is incredible because it feels so active and so present and so relatable because it feels like it's happening as you're reading it. Like that kind of thing blows my mind. Um, and so like, there's a book called Lexicon that- I love Lexicon. It's so I good. It. I recommend that book to people a lot. Actually. Yeah, Roman Mars recommended it to me. And it's like, one, makes complete sense that Roman Mars loves it because like, if you love words, and if you love the idea of like the power the human voice can have over somebody and like the influence you can have, it, like you need to read Lexicon. Like it's it's that to 11, you know, but like that kind of thing, right? Where I find a thing of like, I know this person loves this. And so like, and and a lot of that came from, so I worked at a theater for about five years with the Shakespeare Company here in Cincinnati and like my friend Dubin and I were constantly like, D have you read this? Okay. You love it. Okay. Oh, I should read this. And like, that's how I found out about like name of the winds. Um, it's how I found out about like a lot of books that now I love. And so I like to pay that forward as often as I can. And like ask somebody like, Hey, what kind of books do you like to read? Okay, great. Here's a list of five books that you would love if you love those things. Um, and basically any book I'm excited about is the book I like to recommend to other people. Um, Hell yeah. Yes. So Travis, where can we find you online? Um, too many places. Uh, um, I'm on Twitter at Travis McElroy. You can go to McElroyShows.com. I'm on Instagram as Travis McElroy. Um, Maximum Fun, I have uh, a thousand shows on here. Uh, I also do a Doctor Who fan cast called Run, a Doctor Who fan cast. Um, basically, if you like Google Travis McRae, you'll find like a ton of stuff. Um, or just go to McRaeShows.com and like it's all on there too. Awesome. Travis, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Now we're going to answer a bookish question from one of our listeners. Sarah writes in. I just have to say, this is so funny. This is so funny. Guys, wait, we have to... Y'all, for some reason, all of our listeners are named Sarah. 
We have so many Sarahs. Unless there's one Sarah who's just giving herself like 25 last names and you remember that in. video that I sent you of our inbox? Yeah, it was like all Sarahs. I don't know what it is. We I am convinced we need to do a Sarah related episode. We need some Sarah books. Because like it's very weird that for some reason 90% of the people who write us are named Sarah. We're not discouraging Sarahs right now. Sarahs, feel free to write us. No, I think we can actually discourage Sarah. Sarah. You should suggest this podcast. She'll clearly to them. We love are it. Clearly, their wheelhouse. Yes, seriously, we are like. I, you know, it's weird. When I was a kid, I really wanted my name to be Sarah. I had this. I had this really pretty cousin named Sarah, and I was like, I wanted to change my name to Sarah so badly. Sarah's a good name. Yeah, and and, and these are, and these are Sarahs without H's and with H's. I will say. Yeah, Sarahs both ways. Uh, biblical name. I wouldn't know. I know. I know, so I'm telling you. Anyway, so Sarah wrote in Sarah and said, wrote in, what do you guys think about book hopping? I'm in the midst of four or five books right now and jump between them willy-nilly. Anyone else? Bria, do you do this? Oh, man. I like calling it book hopping. Oh, yeah. It makes it sound cool. Because like, it's like cl- club, club hopping, hopping. But with no pants. Although what? I will say a lot of people don't wear pants at clubs. That's a good point. Club hopping with no booze, booze no. or no. heels. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's more, it's like probably better lit. And club hopping you can do with cats. I mean, but, but, I mean, but what if you did but, do it with cats? That's the club that I want to go to. Because that would be, are you going to open that club? You bring books I live cats? in that club. <laughs> that's my club. So I never do four or five. I'm impressed that Sarah does four or five. By the way, I could just guess Sarah. I didn't look. I just was like, I guess it's probably a Sarah, a Sarah. who wrote this. Um, I will do two or three, especially if I'm doing a short story book. Yeah. Like a short story book, I... I have trouble being like, now I'm going to dive in and read all these short stories. I like to do one, and then I'll read one a couple weeks later. I like, I like, I like I'm to the just, same way. I don't need to read them all at the same time. Like, there's been a few I've, I've like just plowed through, but for the most part, I'm like, I'm just kind of like, it's rotating in. Um, for a long time, I'd always do a nonfiction and a fiction at the same time. I've gotten out of the habit of doing a nonfiction, and I don't know mm-hmm. if it's just because I'm writing so much. I don't like, I, my brain can't handle all of that information. Yeah. Um. But sometimes people will be like, oh, I'm reading these three books right now. And it's like three fantasy books. And I'm like, how the fuck are you keeping those worlds separated? Yeah, that is very impressive to me. But, you know, whatever makes you happy, Sarah, if you can, you know, figure, if you can read a book about three different elf worlds, like, go read those. More elf to you. More power elf to you. Pa- well, power elf is a really good band name. <laughs> yes. I'm actually, I wonder. I that might be a band name. Oh, Power Elf? I'm sure. I'm somebody. somebody. Somebody's thought of that. What about you? Do you you do this? You rotate. Of course. You 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 book hop. I book hop. I book hop very hard. Uh, I book hop so oh, hard. Man. Uh I do this and I think it's totally fine. Uh if you're actually finishing and enjoying the books and they're not all like piling in ju- piling up and jumbling into a big word salad, read as many books as you want. Uh normally I have a physical novel, a nonfiction audiobook, and a book of short stories or essays or poetry going at the same time. I think it could be really nice to have a few different types of books to escape to depending on what you're feeling in the moment. And it's nice to have a different book for a different location. Like I have my before bed book, which is normally um, like an interview book or nonfiction from someone that I find really inspirational to me. Like right Mm. now it's uh, David Lynch's Room to Dream that's next to my bed. And I will like read a page a night and just like get that Lynchness or like the one before that was Tom Waits on Tom Waits. Oh, nice. It's like, you know, how much I love Tom Waits. Um, and I'll have a purse book or a car book while I'm, you know, waiting around for something, an audio book for physical activities. You know, then you have a book keep like for every. But do you ever confuse them? No, but I. Oh, that's You're my like, thing. wait a second. David, <laughs> we're David Lynch. David Lynch, were you David ever in Lynch? space? <laughs> 
Are you flying around in space, David Lynch? Uh, well, that's why, like, you know, I have my nonfiction audiobook, my physical not like novel, and that's the one that I like keep with me at all times. And I, all of them are di- are normally different. I never read multiple novels at the same time. I never read multiple nonfictions at the same time. I never read multiple short story things at the same yeah, time. Yeah, so you're just doing different genres within the book hopping world. Yes, I like to keep my uh, book hopping. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Varied. Uh, but, I mean, like you said, you want to read 15 elf books at once? Go for it. As long as you're, if you're finishing them, if they're not all just, so, if you're not all just like, you know, I read the f- first five chapters of this and put it down and never picked it up again. Also, if you're enjoying them, like if you're reading a bunch of books at once because you want to get a bunch of books done, probably not the way to do it. Uh, as long as you're enjoying yourself and you're loving the books and you're having fun, it's totally fine. Do you want to hear my most confusing um, um uh, story of when I was reading two books at once. No, I wasn't reading. The, I just read them right after each other. I read The Passage and The Strain next to each other. Oh my god, I remember you telling me about this a vampire. And then I was like, and I got really confused because I was like, where is that one vampire? And I can't remember which one I was reading first. It wasn't was even in the like, book. It was a different book. It was like The Passage or The Strain. I can't remember which one. If you've read both these, they're very different, but they're both vampires in a way that you haven't seen vampires. Yeah. And so I was just like, but where is that one person? And I spent so much time in that book thinking about that person. I was like. That's a totally different book. And Passage by Justin Cronin, strained by Chuck Hogan and Guillermo del Toro. That's correct. Good, good <laughs> Mallory Bookopedia. Because I think there's Mallory another Apedia. strain book. I just, oh, 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 is there? No, yeah, I'm thinking Guillermo del Toro. Um, hmm. It's also a, was a popular TV show. It was a popular TV show. With monsters in it. If you want us to solve your reader problem or answer your reader question, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy, who run our Facebook group, and Chrissy and Rachel, who moderate our Goodreads page. And remember, folks, we do a monthly column in Apex Magazine called Page Advice, where we solve a reader problem every month. Uh, check it out. Subscribe at apex-magazine.com. It's only 22 bucks for the whole year. It's got great short fiction and poems and interviews and articles uh, all about you know sci- sci-fi and fantasy. It's a cool genre magazine. And always uh, uh, call them by me and Bria. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for us and helps us reach more readers. Uh, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast, and you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening, and thanks for reading. Almost dead yesterday. Maybe dead tomorrow. But alive today. Gloriously alive today. The Fires of Heaven by Robert Jordan. The Wheel of Time, Book 5. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.